agree. Hello and welcome to this week's Devil of Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, okay, okay, very busy, uh, as usual. I'm always very busy, aren't I? Well, try and pretend I am. But yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not too bad, thanks, mate. I'm uh, looking forward to a good show. Plenty to talk about some good news this week as well, some exciting news, isn't there? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about that. I've got some bad news. How's the rabbit? Died on Saturday. Oh, my heart sank then when you said bad news. I know. Oh, blinking it. What was wrong with him? Bad teeth. Bad teeth. Saw him off, unfortunately. I do miss him. Um, he wasn't really a cuddly kind of rabbit, though. We didn't really have that kind of relationship. Um, but, yeah, it's sad, really. They're not normally very cuddly anyway, rabbits. They've got sharp claws, haven't they? Mm, yeah, I know. I remember one of my one of my best memories of, of Charlie was took him to the vet, right, um, to get his um, his bits cut off, right. And what happened was, I took him, I took him to the vet. I knew. I said to the vet, I said, "Look, lady vet, I said, look, he's a bit of an handful, right? You're going to have to make sure you're switched on because he will fight." She was like, "All right, no problems. Don't worry about it." So she got him. She opened the, like the 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 case, you know, like the carry case thing, and she she grabbed him. And she, you never seen um, the uh, the Knights of Knee, Monty Python? Um, no, okay, vaguely, uh, yeah. And have the as the rabbit that, that jumps on him and he attacks him, just like I was. Yeah. She bounced off every wall in the vet. She was like, "Oh, Tina, Tina!" Shouted for another vet to come in and help her. To try and sort of sedate Charlie, uh, took, took took him a bit eventually, but they did both eventually sort of knocked him out. But that was one of my me lasting memories. It was a bit of a bruiser, uh, but he had a, he had a kind heart. Yeah, I've just got like the the, the image is like his massive sort of Paul Forber like rabbit just <laughs> <laughs> diving out of this cage. When you think of a rabbit, you think of something small, don't you? Sounds a right beast. Yeah, he, he, he was he was an, he was a nice guy. He was a nice nice rabbit. Um, but I do miss him. But I do have a yeah. I do have another one, so it's not like I've, uh, I've he's, the rabbits have gone out of my life forever. Oh, have you replaced him already? No, no, I've I've got another one. So it's oh, it's a yeah, uh, yeah. you know it is sad, but you, you know unfortunately it's just one of the things. But so uh, lots of chat about we'll rugby league. Yeah, we'll do a bit of rugby league now. Uh, lots of uh, lots of rugby league chat. Uh, I'm gonna look back at the um, the defeat at Castleford. Um, all the big news. Uh, that come out the the uh, the club this week, including the sign of Callum Watkins. Uh, so loads and loads to talk about, Paul. Yeah, I think the Callum Watkins uh, story is uh, is a really big one, isn't it? You know, real high profile player. So yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about that, and uh, it's got me excited that seeing him in uh, in training today on the RDTV videos. He's looking in good shape, and uh, you know, big big signing for us. Yep. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll before we talk about that, uh, we'll start off with the uh, the game against Castle for the weekend. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford were defeated against Casford. They went down 37 points to 30, but what, what a great game, Paul. Yeah, well, it was a great game if you if you like that sort of thing. I mean, for the rugby league purists, it probably they probably tearing their hair out really at some of the defence that was on show because it was sort of shocking at times, wasn't it? But uh, but no end to end sort of stuff. Real uh, real nip and tuck, wasn't it? You know, us going into an eighteen league, cast coming back, and then twenty four all at half time. So the game sort of um, 
and everything in it really, didn't it? End to end rugby league, loads of tries, loads of points, and um, and yeah, just just disappointed that we we're on the wrong end of it in the end. Obviously, we, we we love flowing rugby league, and both sides really, you know, threw the ball about in that in that first half. Salford, went, like you said, went to a, an eighteen point lead, but it kind of shows for me what the game's like, sort of, uh, you know, post uh, the COVID and and coming back, you know, playing the game. Momentum switches a game so quick. Salford eighteen nil up, sort of one little error, and then Cass come flying back. Yeah, it does sum up the the game at the moment. I've noticed that there's been quite a lot of big scores, hasn't there, since uh, since this restart? And I don't know if I like tough sort of rugby league. I mean, I've been watching a lot of the NRL and some of their the scores in the in the games there. I watched one the week, and I think I can't remember who it was now, and it was a real tight game, fourteen six. I think that wasn't. I'm I'm a bit old school like that. I like my state of origin, my twelve sixes and my four sixes and things like that. So I do like good defence and good solid games. But you know, I enjoy seeing tries as well, and and that's the the way the game has become. But no, Solver got an excellent start to the game, didn't he? Or you know, Kevin Brown didn't know he was that quick. You know, he got away with that with that try there after three minutes, and Evel scoring just that, just after that as well. And it was a perfect start when Lusick went over. You know, three tries in eleven minutes, and you thought. Blimey, we're really on to something here. And when Lussick got that try, Phil Clark, the commentator, said that could be the game. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you're a bit sort of premature there, really, Phil, 18 0, because it was so so early on in the in the match. But a whirlwind start for Solvers, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, like you said, Kevin Brown, great try. But for me as well, you know, created the Evels one as well. And he was he was fantastic for the first sort of 20 minutes, you know, linking up well, you know, getting the boys moving forward and, and creating magic. And, that, and that's, you know, as an experienced player, you know, you want that, don't you, uh, from your from your top uh, players? Yeah, Kevin Brown's done that for, for a long time now, hasn't he? A number of years, you know, playing playing at Wigan, playing at Huddersfield, playing at Witness and Warrington as well. He's, he's every side he's, he's played and he's, He's he's played that sort of role, hasn't he? That linchpin, and he's such a, a good good reader of the game, isn't he? The way he can marshal a team on the pitch. He's, he's an old school sort of general, really, isn't he? And uh, he's just becoming that at Salford, I think. Now he's he, just before the, the the season finished there, that that Wigan game, I thought it was a bit of a, a pivotal game for him. That and it's just such a shame that obviously we've had to have this this break because I think he came into his own that game, and you know he, he looked pretty good in that cast game. And I thought he. I thought the whole side was poor the week before against Leeds, so I couldn't really single Kevin out and say, oh, he had a poor game, because I don't think there's many people who had a decent game against Leeds. But the cast game, yeah, Kevin Brown come back in, and, and even at his age, what is he, 35? Now, he, he's still got a fantastic rugby brain, hasn't he? And and he's not the slowest either. He's, he's shown there, he's still got a bit of pace as well. So I think we're going to see more of Kevin going forward in the next few weeks, you know, in the, in the fixtures to come. Yeah, 18-0. Uh, everything's rosy in the, in the Salford Garden, but then obviously Cass got a, a, a sort of a, a, a foot back in the game. Um, Michael Shenton crashed over. Danny Richardson scored a really good individual try. But for me, Paul McShane, always, always a thorn in our side. Every time we play him, he is the man you've got to watch, and he scored two great tries uh, to put Cass in front. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, and, it, and like you say, he is a thorn in the side. Remember uh, Paul McShane. Playing for uh, playing for Leeds, always thought he was decent there, and I think we, when, since he's got to Cass, I think his his career has really blossomed. Michael Shenton as well, what he's another old stager, isn't he? He's been around an awful long time, hasn't he? Michael Shenton for for Cass, terrific player. 
and uh, and Richardson as well. You've got the try, Danny Richardson, the halfback they signed from St. Helens, another uh, good up and young coming player. But Max Shane, to me, he's probably the difference between the, the two sides. Really, he, he really got got Castleford going. He's so tricky, isn't he? And uh, so strong as well for for you know a small guy. His upper body strength really good. He's so dangerous near the line. He's got an excellent short kicking game as well. Really, is a tricky player. You don't know what quite what he's, know what he's going to come up with, especially close in near the line. So, so yeah, I mean credit to Castleford there. What they scored those four tries, didn't they, to, to to put themselves in front after such a such a good start from Salford. Cast really did turn the tables there. It was, it was, and obviously Salford had to try and claw the way back into the game. Paul, just for half time, uh, Luke Yates uh, got onto a short ball and crashed over to tie the scores at half time. You know, great bit of skill from him uh, to read the play and go over. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think Luke Yates is, is a is a guy who deserves a bit of praise as well, Rob. I think sometimes his work goes goes unnoticed. He's probably not like the most flashiest player in the world and players that that grabs the headlines, but I think the effort that he puts in week in, week out is tremendous. We saw that last season with him at London and we knew exactly the sort of play we was getting and I think he's been one of Wattles real top signings for this year and uh yeah, his work rate's phenomenal, his tackling's phenomenal, and you know, he charges that ball in minute one, minute eight, he's the same every week. You get that consistent. He's a consi- really consistent player, and uh, very pleased for him to get over the line. Levelling the scores there at 24 all at half time, it was uh, you know, quite a breathtaking first half, wasn't it? He was breathtaking for us fans watching at home. But how, how's Ian Watson feel? Obviously, watching that first half, you know, we, we've been 18 nil, up, 18 nil up in the first 20 minutes. And then to see the lead sort of disintegrate, it must be it must be a bit of a coach killer, that. Well, yeah, definitely. If you was a coach, I mean, you'd be saying to your team, 18 nil there, it's about, well, use the cliche, managing the game there, isn't it? The game management, you're 18 nil up, you slow it down a bit, then you... And then you build from there. I think perhaps we took our eye off the ball. There was a couple of decisions that went against us, 50-50s. And it just shows, you know, we spoke about before, the way the game is structured now. Um, it is very, very easy to, get, to to lose that momentum, isn't it? And it, and it can swing. And we, we've seen momentum swing and it definitely did. Yeah, that was a, a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? An ideal sort of, you know, swing, wasn't it? That, that's, how, that's how it works, you know, where... The way the momentum swung and and, and Casper took full advantage, but I was just glad that we got that try before half time. It just showed the the character we've got, you know, to come back in the game there. But what what would what I'll say half time? He prides his his, his team on defence, and I think defence last season was you know took us a long way, didn't it? I know we scored some fantastic tries, we had some great attacking play last year, but the defence for me is what got us to that grand final. That that's what won us matches and and. and uh, got us where we got to last season so he'll be disappointed with that and you know any decent side you know any good run you need to base that on on, on solid defence and a good you know firm defence so um, he'll be disappointed because we conceded a lot of points there in the last two weeks yeah, We haven't and obviously it must be a, a concern for him but on the flip side of that we've had a very start-stop couple of weeks haven't yep. we and yep. players I feel need momentum. They need to play every week to get the best out of them. And you know, we we've had to play. We missed a couple of weeks and had to play again. And it it kind of show it kind of shows how it that's kind of disrupted us uh, for me. Saying that, you go eighteen nil up, eighteen nil up. You can't you can't afford to to sort of start shipping that kind of points. But is it the fact that rugby league is what rugby league is now? You know, we, momentum is a lot of 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 how games go. And if if you know you 
make a mistake and the team other team capitalizes it stopping that role in it and I think teams have to start thinking out how can we stop that momentum I know obviously it's probably a, a, an old problem many teams in, in the past have probably thought about it but I think it's especially important now the way the game's set up yeah I, I think so Rob um, I think there's a lot of factors at the moment the, the game for me I don't want to sound negative here now and I'm going to pick my words really carefully um, the the game's different, I think, this season. We all know what's going on in the outside world and things like that. And I'm not for one minute saying players aren't committed because that would be the wrong thing for me to say. But it doesn't feel the same at the moment. The game feels a bit sanitised without the scrums. And I know there's been something this week where they said the players aren't allowed to celebrate and things like that. And I'm just wondering whether stuff's playing on players' minds and are they going in... It's hard for me to. I don't. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but you know where I'm coming from, don't you? It, it, it just feels different. I think the whole world at the moment is different, and I don't know. Perhaps we're seeing that on on the rugby pitch as well. And I think what I'm trying to say is, I think there's disruptions as well. Players, players like structure, don't they? And I think we all like structure in our lives. And you've got a fixture list, and you play to that. But at the moment, because things are so up and down, and so unpredictable, that's the word I'm looking for. I think the players are finding that hard to, to deal with, aren't they? And it's isolating and then players have tested positive. You know, you think at the moment for a player, it must be quite nerve-wracking. There's an awful lot of things going on, isn't it? You're getting tested every week and it's not like it's just a regular season, is it? This It's, it's something out of the ordinary. And I, and I think you're seeing that on the pitch as well. Um, hopefully next season or, or soon in life, things will calm down and things will get you know more to a normal situation. But I think that's we're definitely seeing something different at the moment on the pitch. It's different, but is is for me, different is is good sometimes. And I, th- I think the experiment of, of not having scrums, you know, the game's faster. I think it was was it they think the the ball was in play ten more minutes than than it would have been otherwise, which is more action, more tries. Flip side of that, though, players are doing ten minutes more work, and there's going to be more more gaps. Um, it's 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 going to be difficult for the players. It has to be said. But as a, as a fan, I want entertainment. I want to see yeah. tries. I want to see breaks. I want to see you know magical rugby league week in week out. And and as a as somebody who possibly stumbles across rugby league on a on a Sky Sports channel and watches watches a, a free flowing game, and you know that might tweak someone's interest and then they might dig a bit more so it, it's a it's an interesting thing yeah it's not it's not like it used to be um but this, like I say this might be the new normal we, we don't know you know what what's to come do we no no it's uh, you don't know what's around the corner do you? and I think it's what you like in it I mean every sport's like that I mean I, as you know I like me boxing and you'll you'll speak to people about that and, and people are, are like different ways people perform and different ways people fight and it's just the same with rugby league you, you'll have people who love the tries and love these big sort of basketball score games but you'll also have your purists who, who love like the you know the remember when we played London that time and it was 5-2 I mean that's probably a bit of a bad example that was a bit of a dour game but I can think of um, loads of great games in the past where they've been really low scoring matches you know like sort of the World Club Challenge games I think one against Wigan and Manly that was a really low scoring game and test matches you know Great Britain Australia games were dead low scoring so it doesn't have to be a great game just because it's got loads of points and I mean how good was that game we had against Cass when we beat them 4-0 first ever Super League game it's one of the most exciting games we've ever been to mm. but Everyone's different, you know. Some people like that good defence. I mean, there's nothing more exciting for me. Obviously, scoring tries is great, but on the flip side of that, when you're defending a lead 
and you're stood behind the sticks and your your team's there defending their trial line, you, you're willing them to hold the team out there. That's exciting as well. So I suppose it's what you what you, what you like, but I think it has become the new norm this season. And I don't know. It's I can see. I just hope players don't get injured with with this because I think we're seeing a few more injuries creeping in, aren't we? And, and, and fatigue as well. You know, players are doing having to do quite a bit more, aren't they? And uh, yeah, it's, the sport's fast already, isn't it? It really is a quick sport. So what we don't want is it to get too fast and where people can't see what, you know, people who are new to the sport can't keep up with it and can't see what's going on because then they would lose interest. But but I don't know, it's, um, you know, there's been some great tries at the moment and some some, some good games. I wonder if, if the, pl- the players are missing the crowd, you know, because for that sort of extra enthusiasm, extra buzz that you'd, you'd get, um, yeah, definitely. it could be a factor. Uh, like you said, it, it feels a bit different. Maybe that adrenaline that, that, that players get when three, four thousand people call, you know, sing your name, it, it might, it might be, might be that what the, the, they're missing and we're, we're missing. But like, like you said, with it, with the no celebrating rule, which is, which is coming. Um, I think, yeah, it, it Logically, you do need less contact, the better. So then this coronavirus doesn't spread. But, you know, it's, it's going to be hard if you score a try, a wonder try, not to jump up and want to want to, want to celebrate with your teammates because it's just a natural instinct, isn't it? You know, what what are, what are players going to do now when, when they score a try? It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, is it going to be like big thumbs up? Is it going to be like cheeky winks? I mean, what's the, what's the next, uh, what's the code of conduct when it comes to scoring tries now? Well, I just think that just think that rules just it's just an absolute farce because at the end of the day you could have what happens when there's a punch up and you have all twenty six players involved in a punch because you because you do and there's been plenty of them since the coronavirus so I don't get that when you, you sometimes you've got tackles and you can have all sorts of amounts of players involved say you you're trying to tackle a guy behind the dead ball line and his team's trying to keep him off there could be ten people involved in that so I think to say you can't celebrate when you score is just a bit. A bit, a bit daft, really. I think it's a bit like the scrums. I, I, I don't know why they, they, they took the scrums out. We've said it before, haven't we? If it's not safe to play, you can't play at all, can you? You can't really say, oh, don't touch him and don't do this. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't agree with that. It's, it's one of those. But that's just something else we've, we've got to put up with at the moment, I suppose, Rob. You're just shadow boxing. That's a big, big, big fighter up. So it'll just be a bit of shadow boxing between both, just to make them <laughs> look good. But no one gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're not there. Anyway, I've seen it the other week. I saw it was a right swing and a miss as well. I can't remember what match it was now, but yeah, they tend to be big, big, uh, big swings, don't they, from Scotland and the miss? Yeah, you, you, you do see that. Oh, there's lots of, like pushing and shoving and like shirt grabbing. Nobody actually kind of does anything. They just shout at each other, or everyone's like, "Oh, me back, oh, me back," kind of thing. That's the that's what happens. Yeah, now. yeah. Well, it, it always tended to be like the test matches where you used to see the big punch ups, didn't it? I mean, remember Terry O'Connor and Gordon mm. Tallis and uh, Jamie Peacock won it. Willie Mason, Stuart Field, and those sort of things. We've seen some belting punch ups, haven't we? The, you know, in those sort of games. But in the Super League, it tends to be a bit more. Uh, yeah, handbags. Yeah, but I suppose they don't want people to be simbined or sent off because you're losing man, don't you? And it's yeah. there's extra, you know, gas that you have to find to 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 replace the extra, you know, the pair of legs that are off the field. So I suppose being a professional, you know, you know, you don't want to do that really. Well, just let me ask you a question. What what do you make? Of, I was going to ask you this. What do you make of the new six to go rule? Because I know I've noticed we got quite quite stung by that against Castlewood. We got some towards the end of the game. Do you do you think that's a good rule? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. 
it's all about managing it though because obviously with a six to go rule you just go again don't you and yeah. what you're trying to do in that situation is trying to sort of reduce their tank aren't you trying to zap their energy so really in that situation if you get a sixth again penalty you just run it you just, for me you just keep running at the the, the marker players to tire them out uh, and hoping to get another penalty that that's that's my thought process on it really because that's what the six to to go rule is it's it's about keeping that momentum going in it that that's that's the name of the game really in that situation yeah well that, that's that's exactly how i was looking at it i mean really it's it's one of those rules where a team could he's going to get absolutely crucified really i mean you think back to that that grand final against st Helens what we had and we didn't seem to get a lot that night and i thought god i'm glad that six to go rule wasn't there that night because you know the the referee that night can does really didn't he and everything seemed to go against us so i don't know it's it's a, it's a tough rule but if you are on the back foot there that that rule could really really crucify you and you could see like a massive score against you in that way because you really are fighting against it aren't you and if a team keeps running at you keeps getting another six to go that's that's the only negative with that one for me but it's been interesting to to see how it works but in in that situation the, the skill is to, is to slow the slow the process down. So really, when you're tackling, it's about keeping the guy sort of off the floor for as long as you can. So then yep, they lose that momentum, don't they? That that's the that's the yeah. name of the game. It, it's hard work, obviously, because he's fighting in it to 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 get a decent play the ball, and you know every tackle's like a really really difficult situation in 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 many ways. But you you do obviously. You know, it's a, it's kind of a, a process that you have to kind of live with now, um, and find ways of, of of you know making it work for yourself. But then, obviously, you know, stopping the opposition doing it to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as we knew, we knew it was going to uh, lower the penalty count down, and I suppose. Looking at it from a positive angle, it does stop all that sort of nonsense, doesn't it? You know, we're mm. kicking a torch and that, that sort of slowing the game down there from, from daft penalties and things like that. So you're still getting rewarded when a team's fouled against you. But yeah, I can, I can see it both ways. Really. We'll have to watch this space, whether that stays in the, in the game. I'm not too sure. So second half, Casford score with uh, McKeenan, but then Williams hits back with a great try in the corner. Um, you know, what a fantastic winger. He knows where the line is and, uh, you know, he hits, hits back for Salford. Yeah, showed some strength there as well, Robert. It was a good try from, from Williams. He's been in good form as well. I thought he was pretty decent the week before against Leeds and he had a great game against Hull as well, didn't he, scoring two tries. and He's another one. He's, he's really done well this season and Few people I spoke to at the start of the season saw saw Reese as being perhaps a, a bit of a fringe player and didn't think he'd get into the side. But as soon as you know he, he made his debut and you know he, he scored that terrific try at the AJ Bell Stadium, you knew he had he had somebody special there. He's got a great attitude as well, really strong fellow. And um, no, I think I think he's the number one winger at Salford now. I mean, there's Ken CEO there as well. I think you've got got Ken and, and Reese who are probably the, the two wingers that that what all goes to every week. Um, and it's up to the other guys to, to, to force their way to the side. I know with Ken being injured now, other guys have got opportunities, but Reese Williams, for me, has been uh, been one of the, the players of the season so far. He's been tremendous. He's strike players, isn't it? That's all. He's, he's, yeah. He knows where the line is, and it's, not, it's just instinct, isn't it? It's natural instincts. Uh, I remember the try against Toronto where he, where he returned the kickoff and went 90 metres, the way he kind of ghosted round the, the, the full-back uh, like he was even there. And, you know, you can't teach that. It's, it's just in him. He just knows how, how to do it. And, you know, he, he knows where the line is. We feed him. We feed him. He'll score. 
Yeah, and he's a confident player as well. Real confident lad and he's a terrific finisher. I think him and, and Ken Seo have, have been great this season, you know, getting down in the corner. And that's what you like to see, you know. I mean, some of the tries we've seen over the last sort of few years from some of the top wingers at some of the other clubs, they've been great. But we're starting to see them at Solver. I think Ken and Reese Williams have, have done great, you know, hugging that touchline and, you know, getting airborne, you know, to, to dive over and get the ball down. So, um, so yeah, he, he's been really good, Reese Williams. And, uh, you know, chipping in with another try there, I think, did that level the scores again? I'm not too sure. Did Cast dropped a goal by then? To, uh, yeah, did, uh, I think it leveled the scores. Uh, yes, I think it did, didn't it? Yeah. So it was 30 30 then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Richardson uh, dropped a goal to put them one point up, which is, goal, yeah. you know, game management in it. You know, that they, they knew it was getting towards the end of the game. Sort of odd scores are, be- are better than even scores when it when it comes down to, to pressure moments. Well, it's a psychological advantage, that drop goal sometimes, isn't it? I mean, I know at 31 30, the game's not won because it was 15 minutes to go, but I don't know. I think when you're that point in front, if you do then get the try and a goal, then that's seven points, then it's hard to topple then, isn't it? And uh, I thought Castleford had us, had the wood on us a bit there in that last 15 to 20 minutes. I think there was only going to be one winner in that game. I think we looked a bit predictable on attack and um, they, they weathered it better, but the disappointing try for me was that the one where Grant Millington went through from that kick because we got caught out there. A couple of players shot out the defensive line, and you know, no disrespect to Grant Millington, but he's not the quickest in the world, is he? And we made him look like a, a world beater there, didn't he? You know, strolling over for that try. So that that was a disappointing one, though. It's interesting you talk about that sort of last sort of ten fifty minutes. Is is that experience of Castleford being in these big games constantly and knowing how to play it? Or is it just us running out of gas? That, that's yeah. the, that's the question because obviously we we want to be able to sort of compete in these games, don't we? Moving forward, and and mm-hmm. are, are we looking at that as a, a sort of lesson that you know when it comes down to the last sort of fifteen minutes and and it is tight, you know we need to go back to our sort of grand final form of of, of playing sets out, being consistent, not turning over any ball, uh, and and being you know, a bit of a nugget, not not letting them roll, you know, roll over us. Um, is, is that is that it? What, what do you think? No, I don't think it's that Cass are more experienced than us. I mean, we played in some, some big games. I think it was the case of us running out of ideas and running out of steam, really. I mean, we played some massive games last season. I mean, we beat Cass in that high-intensity mm. playoff game, didn't we? And then obviously playing that grand final. So I don't think it's, it's that sort of lesson. I think we ran out of ideas in that game and we've become a bit predictable. Uh, but you know, let's have it right. Castro decent side. They've got some good players. They're no mugs. Um, I, I saw their game against Wigan the week before, and I, I saw holes in their play. I didn't. They didn't impress me that much. But what I did notice was they're a pretty tough team, um, and they're difficult to beat. And, and they they wouldn't go away, would they? And they've got a bit of creativity. And I don't think their defense is, is outstanding, but I don't think ours is either. I think it, it was a case of two two defenses that were a bit dicky on on Thursday night, and they just did enough on attack and, and just got the win. Yeah, they, unfortunately they did get the win, uh, but I suppose it's an exercise. Ian Watson and the the players will be watching the video and and looking at where it all went wrong, and you know it's something that they might take sort of moving forward that you know they could change if we get back in that situation again and react differently yeah yeah definitely they, they've got to learn from that now and, and learn the lessons from it and just um, 
the, a bit of mitigation for me though is like you think you touched on it before, the up and down of of, of not being at a play. I think that's been frustrating. What we've not had any consistency, have we now since March? Really, we've had all that time off. We came back and played Hull, then we got delayed, didn't we? And you know we, we couldn't play Leeds for a couple of weeks after. And this week we're not we've not no game this week. So there's another week gone. Then the week after we got the Challenge Cup, and then we're back in the league. So it, it has been a bit up and down. You need that consistency, don't you? And that battle hardness and that toughness, you know, to keep going. And it's difficult when you, you've had a couple of weeks off, then you're coming back in again. So I do get that. And I think, you know, we can judge Salford and judge this season, hopefully, when we get a few more games under our belt. Yeah, big thanks for your, your three-word match reports and uh, man of the matches. Uh, Luke, uh, not good enough. Uh, Kev, uh, Kevin Brown, uh, Colin Reynolds, Hicks was biased. Um, his man of the match was Luke Yates. Do, do you think... Hicks had a had a bad game. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that um, I've, got, I've got nothing against Robert Hicks personally at, at all, but I I always think we end up with the wrong end of the stick with him sometimes. I don't know. He can be quite a pedantic referee, can't he? Sometimes, but I don't think he was he was overly biased in the game. I don't think there was a lot of penalties in the game anyway. Uh, to be honest, so as much as it pains me to say it, I'll, I'll say he was all right, Robert Hicks, but. No, I've got my fingers crossed here. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't I think like there was a lot, of, a bit of doubt on the the Mike, Mike the Shenton try. Um, yeah, I think there might yeah. have been a bit of crossing in the build for that. You know, it happened so fast. Um, he, they, they didn't. I don't think they went to the referee. I don't think they went to the video ref, did they? But you know, they didn't give it. Um, it's just one of them. You, you get some decisions and some you don't. Um, I don't think you know making the enemy of a ref is a, is the best plan in the world. No, I tell you what, there was one decision which I can remember from the game, and I was at home watching the match. I mean, Todd, my missus, you know, shouting at her, telling her what was going on. She wasn't listening. But there was, um, I think it was Gil Dudson tackled, oh, was it Liam Watts? And he dropped the ball. Hmm. And I don't think he gave a scrum for that. I think they just played on. And Cass scored from that. So I don't know whether you can remember that incident. It was a big hit from Dudson. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it was that Liam Watts and he knocked the ball on but then Castle forgot the ball back and I, I didn't understand what had gone on there and the commentators didn't really say anything about it and then Castle would score and I thought that was a bit of a harsh decision and one that sort of changed the momentum a bit it was in the first half do you remember? Do you recall that incident? I do, I do remember now you mentioned it and we, we talked about momentum swings and, and sort of things that create it and yeah it, it, it did because I think Cass scored the four off the back of that didn't they? So if you're going to isolate a particular moment in the game, you could say, yeah, you know, if Salford get the scrum, or Salford get the penalty of that, you know, then, then, you know, Cass, Cass don't, don't score the next set. And it's just the way it is. You, you, you can't always keep looking back and say, you know, if only this happened, you know, it'd be, it'd be different because, you know, life's just a sort of a, a mixture of events that are a bit random, really. That That's it. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't really, can you, you can't, you can't look back at anything. I mean, we could have been champions, couldn't we, for God knows how many seasons if other things had gone the way. So, mm. yeah, I, I understand that. It was just, it was just an interesting in, incident, that's all. And like you say, that, that momentum in that first half, that, that swing there was, was massive, wasn't it, to go 18 nil up to then be 24-18 down in the space of sort of 10 minutes or so. Mm. Um, Ricky P, uh, very flipping disappointed, Dudson. Uh, Paul Foster lost the momentum, like... Yeah, like we've been saying, uh, Mark uh, defense poor Yates. Uh, you said you said needed tightening up. 
Uh, Chairman Bob, uh, defence win games, Dudson. Uh, Connor Robinson chucked it away, Yates. Mm. Uh, Colin Wilson, defence needs addressing. Yeah, I suppose in that in that first half. Um, Rayla B. Headley, Jinx returns. I suppose we, we do have a, have a problem with Headley. Um, we've not won there many times over the years. Um, but I suppose it's one of them, Paul. You, you can't. That's another thing you think gets in your head. It might not be a, a thing, but if you start thinking it is, then it becomes a thing. Oh, it's all right there against all one. We've scored 50 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get where Ryan's coming from, though. Mind you, Castleford have been a bit of a bogey team for us over the last 50 years or so, haven't they? So we uh, could throw that one into the mix as well, couldn't we? Uh, David Wallin, uh, defence wins matches, Yates, uh, Colin Waite, uh, basic defensive errors, Yates, uh, your mate Royal Abbey, Offload City, Tui, uh, Clark at 18-0 up, yeah, we talked about that, uh, Adam Ardbury, uh, roll on 2021, um, Yates, uh, David Snape, half-backs anonymous, I wouldn't, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Um, his man of the match was Yates, uh, Eric uh, Rawlinson, unacceptable, uh, well, like we said, momentum, it's, it's the way the game is now. Um, if it was a normal game and you're losing an 18-point lead, then you might question start getting nasty, don't they? But in this situation, the way the momentum works in games, it's it's difficult to, to turn it back your way. Uh, Salford, Red, uh, didn't stop the offloads. Chris Seed, uh, stopped the offloads. Ryan Shanton, uh, Ryan Ashton, sorry, good in attack. Uh, and Malcolm Blee's tightened up the defence. So, yeah, it's it, lots of things for Ian Watson to, to look at and and uh, fix up for the next game. Yeah, I think I think Dave, David Wallen, his match report hit the nail on the head, really. Defence wins matches, and it, and it does. Every good side, since I've been watching rugby league, anyway, when they've won trophies and, and got to finals, they've been built on, on solid defence. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they've got good players and good quality people who score tries but you need that backbone and that defence don't you to, to, to build a platform that will stand you in good stead so I think I think that's the one for me and the two the two players who did all the damage were Liam Watts and Paul McShane McShane's offload and, 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 and sorry Watts's offload wasn't it and, and then McShane's elusiveness really and those two were probably the difference they were they were the difference but it's one of them things we 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 move on, we dust ourselves down, and and we go and try and win the next game, Paul. We certainly do. So that's our look back at the uh, the, the cast game. Uh, next up, we'll look at all the big news uh, coming out of Salford this week. So big news is Callum Watkins signs three year deal uh, for Salford. Paul, great signing. Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. Um, it surprised me, that one. I'd heard sort of rumblings and, and rumours, but when it did get announced, it was uh, it was nice. It was a nice feeling. It was great to be in, in the headlines for the right reasons and signing sort of top-class uh, players. And, you know, Callum's definitely one of them. You know, he's got a proven track record. Um, he played in the NRL. I know he wasn't there for long, but he's experienced for, for Leeds. The amount of games he played for them. And he's, he's international as well. He's played plenty of international fixtures, playing the World Cup. Um, and he's only 29 years of age as well, so I think he's still got got years left in him. And, and uh, I know he's had injury problems and, and things like that, and he'll probably be the first to admit that. But I think what he's done his own work. He, he tends to do his own work on players, and this one's an exciting one, I think, definitely. Yeah, 264 games, 132 tries, uh, Super League winner six times, uh, played in the World Cup 
uh, final for, for England. Um, I always think when, for a centre, what you look for in a, in a good centre, pace, power, strength, skill, uh, and the ability to do big plays under pressure. And I think he's got that in spades. He has, and what you want from a centre as well is you want somebody who can open the door, open the door for that wingman and and and, and set tries up for for your winger. I mean, if you go back to to the seventies at Salford, you know we had the likes of Chris Hethcote who could who could do that, David Watkins and players like that, um, and that's what you want. You know, you, that's what you need. And you know, if if rumours are true and, and Chris Wellham's leaving at the, the end of the season, um, I hope he doesn't. But you know. Don't know if he is or he's not, but Callum Watkins has got big boots to fill there coming in for Chris because Chris has been tremendous. But it's exciting to, to look at the, the back line that we've got. I mean, you, you look for next season now, you've got Dan Sargison in there, you've got Callum in there, you've got two quality centres. And I don't really want to talk about the other players because I don't know whether we've signed him yet or not, so I'll, I'll be quiet. But we've got Ken Seo there and, and Reese Williams, haven't we? We've got some tremendous players in that back line. Morgan Escre, it's looking really, really exciting. Plenty of pace, plenty of flair there, but... I think Callum's the, the kind of player that you want. He's a creative player, isn't he? He's, he's a big guy as well. He's He's got the potential there to, to be fantastic for us, you know, a block-busting centre. And, you know, there's nothing more exciting than seeing somebody like him marauding down the pitch and laying on a great try or scoring a great try. So uh, I think it's a great signing for us. And one that's going to attract supporters as well. You know, he's, he's quite a big name, Callum Watkins, isn't he? And, you know, you've seen the excitement that's generated already. He's X Factor, Paul. That that's what he is, and yeah, he kind of yeah. glides. He, I think with a, with a centre, you know, you, if you see him gliding when he's when they're running at high speed, you, you know it. He's he's he's, he's something special. Uh, he reminds me of, of Martin Gleeson. He's got that kind of ability just to just to know where the line is and get over it. And you know, you know, super chuffed, super chuffed that we've we've managed to to tie him down for three years. Uh, he's a, he's a local lad. He, he, came, he he's played for Langley Reds. He played for Foy Lane. Um, he was his season ticket older back in the the Willows days. He's also a, a ball boy as well. So you know, he's he, he knows what playing for Solvers is all about. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. Yeah, and, and that's what you want, is it? You want players that are coming in and sort of know what what the expectations are at Salford. I mean, probably not massive expectations at Salford. Most Salford supporters just want you to, to go out there and do do your best, don't they? And um, I'm sure he will do. He's an exciting signing for us. And yeah, it's great when he signs somebody that, that the club means something to them. And I never knew all that about, about Callum Watt because I knew he was a, sort of a Manchester lad and he was he was local. I don't think he's a Salford lad. Is he Manchester sort of? I'm, I'm, I'm not right wrong there, am I, Rob? Is he, nope. is he Manchester or Salford? Uh, I, like to get the, I, I know I like to get the, he, he started at Lang with the Reds. I'll show you the clip now, Paul. We've took this clip from uh, from Red Devils TV where uh, he talk, he's talking to Emma about how he got into rugby league. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great to be to be part of the team. Um, I know it's been a, uh, a long time coming in a, in, in a sense, but I grew up wanting to play rugby league and Salford was a major key in terms of my development really in, in, in wanting to be a, become a professional rugby league player obviously being a season ticket holder and a ball boy as well on top of that So how how did that first training session come about? Can can you remember? I think it worked from uh, my dad's side uh, my dad was a labourer he worked near um, uh, in Trafford Park and a few of his friends were uh, from, from Salford that he worked with and Basically, me, me and my brother were really hyperactive, hyperactive kids, 
uh, like to do everything, but my mum wanted me and my brother out the house and, 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 and doing things. So my dad took me to um, uh, a, a, a woman called uh, Karen, uh, who worked at um, Langworthy, and just started off there, just thought we try it, and it it worked really well. I, I, like I said, the first time I, I did a, a training session, it, it just hit me straight away that I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did multiple different sports, but my my sole focus was always rugby league, and uh, that's really how it how it started, how I got involved. Yeah. So that was Emma talking to to Callum on Red Devil TV. You can get the full interview on there. Subscribe and, and have a listen. It's a great interview. Uh, it tells a lot about himself uh, and how he got into to playing uh, rugby league. But it, it is a great it is a great thing. I think it sends a message, Paul to everybody in rugby league that we can attract the big players um, and players who, who want to achieve and, you know, have ambition because that's what this club is. It's built on them and people who want to succeed and want to go to the next level. He has been at the very top level for for, for, for a few for a few years and he, he wants to prove to everybody uh, that he's good enough to get back there. Well, if you look at the signings that, that have come to Salford in the last sort of 12 months and you look at the guys we're signing for next season... Um, and then the guys we've already signed, you know, like Andy Ackers has come in, hasn't he? He's a quality player, and Morgan Estray is coming in for next season. There's one or two other players that uh, I think are coming in for next season. What I keep reading about in the League Express and stuff like that, obviously, has not been confirmed yet because the club don't don't sort of do stuff like that. Do they? Do they keep it very professional? But if you think about these players, it's not. I don't look at it now as a case of the players are coming here to better themselves to move on. I think they come into Salford now because they know they can win things at Salford. I mean, I know we've not won anything for a long time, but we've got the potential there now and you know the next few years to, to build the side. I know we're losing a fantastic player in nine levels, but there's plenty of real X-factor players in that, that side. Now, you've only got to look down, down the team sheet. I know Ken Seals out on the ball, but he's, he's an X-factor player. Tui Lola here. You've got some 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 really superstars there at Salford, and you know, Dan Sargent and seasoned professionals, and, and and guys that are probably getting to other clubs. That, you know, in the top top four or five of the table, they'd probably sign for those clubs and, and get into their team. So we, there's a lot of quality there in that squad now, and that's what what I was building. And it's exciting times; it, it really is. And you know, to, for us to be able to attract the likes of Callum Watkins. I mean, you go back a decade ago, there's no way someone like Callum Watkins would have come to Salford. But like now, I think we've got the respect, we've got the stability. You know, you've got Watto there doing a great job, and I think it's a credit to him and the coaching staff and Bleasy and everybody else that players do want to come and sign for Watto because they know they're playing for one of the the best coaches in in the British game. He's got one of the best reputations, and they feel that they can improve their game under him. So. That that's a real powerful tool to have. It is, it is, Paul. It, it's for us. It, we're an opportunity club, and and that's what it is. It's 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 giving these players an opportunity to 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 perform at the highest level, and and then they take the club forward. And you know, we talked last season about belief, and you know, getting to the grand final last year is another step in our in our development. It's believing that you know we are good enough to 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 compete at the very top of the the, the game, and you know. We, players like Callum comes in. He's, he has genuine class, uh, and he might lift the team that extra extra level again to 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 take us back to to Old Trafford or, or onto Grand Final, onto Challenge Cup finals, or into playoffs. And you know, it, it's an exciting time, isn't it, to be to be a soft fan? It will be. We can start going to the games again. <laughs> 
that's the thing I'm missing at the most at the moment. You, you know, we signed great player there. You just want to get back to to the routine a bit, like go every week and get, and get behind them, don't you? So, uh, yeah, let's hope we can, we can do sooner rather than later. But no, we, we've got some good players there, and like I said before, we we just need to get that consistency. Now we're playing week in week out. We we just I think a, a nice run of games now. If we can get six or, six or eight games back to back now under our belts, you know, we can still do something this season. We're still in the Challenge Cup. We've got a quarter final coming up a week on Friday against Catalan Dragons and they're a good side aren't they and they're going to be very tough to beat but that's a winnable match you know it's on a neutral ground you get through that you're 80 minutes from, from Wembley so um, there's still an awful lot to look forward to this season but the Callum Watkins sign is is something that's going to make people sit up and take note and when crowds can come to Solvin again we might see a really healthy attendance you know you know, if, if, if that's allowed at, at the game Talking about getting back to the game Paul um, Boris had a, had a press conference didn't he uh, this afternoon, talking about the the uptick in in the coronavirus uh, levels, and he mentioned that Salford's uh, been chosen to pilot a new coronavirus testing scheme that is quick, simple, and scalable. Because what they want, uh, they want to trial mass testing audiences, uh, both indoors and outdoors um, in the city. Um, which is, in one side, you're thinking that's great news because we might get picked. To go and uh, go and you you know be the not the guinea pigs in this in this mass test uh, thing, uh, but on the other on the flip side of that, do you want to be the guinea pig? That's a that's a good question. I'll do anything, mate, to go to the game. I'm not bothered to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's exciting. You, I saw you put that on Twitter. I've, I've not I've been on my phone much today, so I've not seen much internet. And I missed um, Mister Johnson's. Uh, <clears throat> press conference, so I didn't see that. But uh, but no, it's interesting if if something like that happened. And I suppose it's all about the speed of when you can find out whether you, you're positive or, or negative, or whatever. But no, it'd be uh, it'd be interesting if that happens. And funny that he's picked uh, he's picked Salford as is his guinea pig. Yeah, he's uh, to be honest. A lot. Of, I did throw it out on on Facebook and Twitter to say, uh, you know, would you go? And probably ninety nine percent of the people said they would. So uh, there's no fear there, Paul. There, we're all revved up, ready to go to the game. No fear for me, mate. I'm out the door at work every day, so it's good to solve for the people. It'd be an absolute dream to get into the match. Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good to get back to back to the, like a bit of normality. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we, I think what he said to, today, the, he's shooting for the moon. Um, that you know his plans for how to combat coronavirus. So um, I think that that is like the the ultimate. You know, if all works out splendidly, then you know we they'll uh, they'll end up being uh, that that'll happen. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Nobody knows, do we? Nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, just stay safe. Wash your hands, cover your face, and make space. I think that's the that's the next that's the new that's the new uh, combo. That's the new speech they want to peddle out. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Rob. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, mate. Yeah, it, it's just a case of uh, seeing what happens now and uh, keeping your eyes peeled and, like you said, keep safe. All the big news, uh, Paul, um, of the day is uh, Super League um, decided that. What they're going to do is they're going to it's going to be decided on win percentages because uh, I think they've got a bit of a, a fear that they, they might not end up playing every game. Yeah, I was thinking this the other week. You know, with all these games getting postponed and 
Yeah, there's a possibility of that, isn't there? Because I suppose you, you might run out of time, you know, you know, to play them all because they've got a schedule now, haven't they? When they want the playoffs to be, when they want the grand final to be. So if you keep getting delayed and players keep getting tested positive and games keep getting put back, there is a chance that there's going to be a pile up of fixtures there and not enough sort of hours in the day to, to play them, if you like. So, uh, so yeah, very interesting to see that. I mean, I read through it a couple of times and it, I suppose it's not as complicated as it, as it looks really, is it? It's just literally a percentage of wins from, from games that you, you've played. So uh, I was perhaps reading a bit too much into it, thinking it was a bit like that Duckworth Lewis thing that they're doing cricket, but it's, it's nothing like that, is it really? It's just a win percentage. So it's, um, it's, it's a funny one because just thinking about it, it, I suppose, I think it was Adrian Lamb was on the radio tonight and I didn't hear his interview, but I heard what he's supposed to have said and, I can get some of the points that he'd, he'd made because when you think about it, it's probably not 100% level playing field, is it? Because you've not... Other teams will have played certain clubs and some teams have played other clubs. So you might say, well, they've only played Salford and Wakefield. We've played St. Helens and, and Warrington. It's not fair and things like that. So it's... I suppose you've just got to make the best of it, though, haven't you? Like you say, it's logistic. They can't play all the games. The season's got to come to an end, hasn't it? Some, you know, sooner rather than later. So, uh, it's uh, have we moved up or have we moved down? Where we've dropped down without even playing a game. That's rubbish, rubbish, mm. rubbish decision. That we shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> scrap really it, scrap idea. it. Start again. Find another way. <laughs> so, yeah, looking at it, Paul. Basically, we we need to play the rule. The rules they are are is they need we need to play fifteen games to yeah. sort of to 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 sort of qualify. Um, or if you're finishing the top four. We've played nine games so far. Um, if, obviously, seven players uh, become unavailable um, for, you know, like a, your club because of the coronavirus outbreak, um, the, the club, you know, has to cancel the game unless um, you've got sort of reserves that can fill in. Um, I suppose it might be sort of difficult for us because of the size of our squad um, and not being able to field, uh, sort of fill seven players, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Did you say we've got to play nine games? We've, I mean, we've played nine, so we yeah. need another six, don't we? Yeah, so it's not, not a massive amount of games, is it? But yeah, I think the, the squad thing could come in to, to play, couldn't it? Because we've not got, really got a massive squad, have we? are a sort of reserve team, as it was, to, to back that up. So yeah, you, you just opened it. You get through these tests, haven't you? Every week, it's a bit. It's a bit like waiting for an exam result, isn't it? When you, you you're watching the week on the internet, have a look, see if they've all passed these. You know, got these negative tests and things like that, and you, you're just waiting for the next bombshell to drop out. You know, oh, such a body can't play because they they've pulled out. So that that's what I was alluding to before when I said it must be must be difficult and stressful for the players. You know, having to to go through this and have a test and find out whether you're playing at weekend. So it's very very unpredictable at the moment. Yeah, player goes down with coronavirus um, and doesn't return uh, straight away. Uh, you can take them off the cap while they recover. Um, talking about win percentages, Paul, as well, which is interesting for me. We're currently on 22% at the moment, um, which is sort of second bottom. Um, it's, it's Obviously, other teams have a higher win, win percentage at the moment. Um, we've got nine games, so we're going to have to have to sort of pull up some trees, aren't we, to catch them? Yeah, we, we are, but 
if you win the next couple of games, then that percentage is going to rocket, isn't it? Mm. So as long as I think at the end of the season, as if you, as if teams, it'll be fair. If I don't think it would be fair if say a team finished below someone but they won more matches, but the percentage was lower. But I don't think that mathematically could happen, could it? I'm not too sure, but. Well, it depends how many games you play, doesn't it? I suppose mm. we're overthinking it now, aren't we? But well, maths wasn't really my strong point, right? Neither, but neither was neither. What time, me, I thought it's all. It's basically to find the win percentages. You go games won divided by how many you played, then you times yeah. that by hundred. Yeah. Right. So that the highest we can get to is sixty-one percent win rate if we win the next nine. Right. Right. The lowest, if we lose the next nine, it'd be 11%, right? If I, I look back at all the other sort of Super League, well, the last sort of four Super League seasons, and the team that finished fourth um, average, well, one was at 55% win rate, one was at 60% uh, win rate. I think we were at 56.5% win rate. And in 2016, I think Saints were at 60%. So that kind of gives you an idea that sort of the mountain we have to climb to, to get in the four. Yeah, I think you need to win more than you lose, don't you? Mm. To get in to get in the four. So you're looking maybe if you've won 10, lost nine, you're going to get in the four, aren't you? So yeah. um, it's going to be quite difficult. And I know the commentator said after the cast game that, they more or less said, oh, that's it, you know, job done for Salford, no, shut the door, they're not going to make the playoffs, that's their season done with, and that's that's how I read into that game after the, after we lost last Thursday. And I, I looked at it and I thought, yeah, as harsh as that sounds, it probably is going to be difficult for us to make the make the top four. I never like writing us off, and, you know, you just play week in, week out, don't you? But I do think it's it's going to be difficult now with, uh, with this percentage, and like you said, we'd have to win every game to get to 60, and that's going to be a tall order, so... I think you've just got to go out, go at it as best you can, now, haven't you? And, and just try and win as many games as you can. And same with the, with the cup, the cups, um, the cups there, isn't it, for us to, to to go for? I mean, that's the question. Does Ian Watson? Does he does he prioritise the Challenge Cup? Well, you look at it now, don't you? I mean, there's no relegation, is there? And that that doesn't sit right with me. That the way you say, well. You just toss the league now and, and and don't don't even bother with it. I don't think Watto would do that. I don't think the players would do that. I wouldn't be comfortable with that as a supporter. So, but I think I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? You, you've got you've got to go into every game, I think, and and and, and try and get a result. Haven't you? You can't prioritise matches because players breed off confidence, don't they? If you're getting smashed every week in the league, you're not all of a sudden going to bring your A game and, and, and win a Challenge Cup game, are you really? So I think you've just got to keep going and, and just do the best you can. Hopefully you can keep off injuries, hopefully keep off positive COVID tests and, and, and just go at it and uh, see what it takes you. Yeah, yeah. I suppose Ian Watson, you know, obviously we've got to get past Catalan first, haven't we? Uh, which will be a, a big, a big, Big very tough game, sort yeah. of challenge because they're like top of the table. Um, but obviously, if we do get past Catalan, games will come. Games will go by. It's not Challenge Cup straight away. Ian Watson might think, "Well, I'm, I might rest Kevin Brown the week before to give him an extra couple of that, you know, so he isn't losing as much juice for and saving for the big game. It could happen. We we don't know what Ian Watson's thoughts are. Uh, still feels a strongish, a strong side to to win, but. 
sometimes you might have to sort of manage play, players uh, to get the best out of them. Yeah, that's always gone on, hasn't it? That that will always go on in the sport. And no, that I wouldn't have a problem with that whatsoever. I trust Watto to do the right job. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He'll have his own plan. The players will have their own goals, won't they? They'll have team goals, individual goals. And they'll know exactly what, what they want to do over the next few weeks. Like like I've said a few times on this podcast, I think the main thing for the players and, and, and Watto at the moment <coughs> excuse me, is... Um, He's just getting some consistency and getting some games under the belt. They've had that many disruptions and you know that many breaks between matches. They'll just want to play week in, week out now and, and try and get a you know a nice little run of maybe half a dozen matches under the belt. Yeah, if the uh, if the win percentages for for the teams are the same, uh, what they'll do is um, they'll points scored um, divided by points conceded times a hundred. That was one one uh, possibility. What they'll figure out who, who gets in the four, and then the third one, which made me kind of sort of chuckle a bit, would they just toss a coin and whoever gets heads goes in the four? Is that is that true? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are. <laughs> in the in the rules, looking through the rules, it says a uh, last 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 resort. We just toss a well, coin, well, you know, which means head you know we could be tuned into Red Devils TV to see if uh, if we win the the coin toss. I think when something like that happens, it is time to like pack up and go home. I mean, could you could you not have like a head to head? Could you not say, well, say it's Hull and Salford going for the fourth place? Could, would you not go off the match where they played? See how I picked the whole game? Would, <laughs> would you not go off how, how they went on against each other? I mean, you can't toss a coin, can you? That's just ridiculous. Well, it's, it's in the rules, Paul. That's that's what's that's what's so going to happen if it all comes mascot, down to you know everyone being level at the end. Yeah, they better off having a mascot race and tossing a coin. <laughs> <laughs> saying I'd back devil I'd back, back Dr Devil against anybody yeah 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 oh yeah he's got form he did that he did that run at, was it was it Ascot I think he did that yeah, as well a, so he, 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 lad, knows where, he knows where the finishing line is yeah he's a fit lad <laughs> um, <laughs> other, other things as well looking at it if if um, teams don't complete if you finish in the top four but don't complete your 15 games uh, the team below will take your place and um, if four clubs don't um, complete the 15 games, the RFL will have a meeting about it, um, which is which is which is something. So they, they haven't they haven't thought that far ahead. That's what that means. Bloody hell! Kind of worms, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's, it's be... difficult, Laura. Uh, you, I mean, I know we, sometimes we laugh at things, don't we? And supporters will take the Mickey and stuff like that. And, it must be difficult, though. Um, it must be a real head scratcher for him. And to be honest with you, I think in my heart of hearts, I think the, the sport is just really trying to do its best, isn't it, for everybody involved, just to try and get the season finished. And I think you've got to, you know, take your hat off to him there because he's doing a decent job, aren't they? It must be difficult with all this, what's going on, and government guidelines and testing and and, and things like this. So it's it's an unprecedented time, isn't it? And let's hope we do get through the season and uh, then we can all hopefully come back in 2021 refreshed and have a proper, you know, season again. Yeah, it's just about getting the season finished, isn't it? And, that, and that's and that's yeah. the you know the important thing for everybody because as a sport. We need we need sort of the sky money, so we need to hold our end of the bargain up to to receive that. So it's important sort of the players continue to do the best regarding looking after themselves and and making sure they know they don't sort of get involved and and 
sort of contract coronavirus. Just keep doing what you're doing, boys, uh, and and keep playing and, and do your best. That's all we can ask. Yeah, that's right. And just hope while the family stay safe and, and things like that as well. And all the sports listening as well, just uh, you know, just do what you can. Yeah. Um, other news. Paul talking about uh, the Corona Corona Cat crisis. Um, the club have said uh, there's free entry to games for all blue light card holders, which include the emergency services, the NHS, and the armed forces. Um, you know, well well deserved. They've worked so hard, haven't they, over the last uh, sort of few months? Um, even before then, they work hard all the time. I know, you know. People in the police and, and the, the nurses and, and the armed forces and, and you know they do a fantastic job keeping us sort of all safe and well. Yeah, certainly do. Yeah, I mean it'll be great to see people back at the the stadium more it once it all starts again and um, once we can go to games again. And I think people's sort of hunger to go go again to the matches. You know, we might you might see an increase in attendances because people have missed it. I think aren't they? people have genuinely missed it, and you don't always realise what you've you've got till it's gone in the words of Johnny Mitchell I think it was wasn't it and and you don't and you know I, I, I'm missing it like mad I really am and I mean I've, I've been privileged enough to, to, to go to a game a few weeks ago when we played Leeds well say privileged we got hammered didn't we but I actually got to go to the match so it's it's not the same when you're not there and it's a big old lot of people's lives isn't it and I just hope it's back sooner rather than later and yeah those people have done a fantastic job and it'd be great to see them there and uh, you know cheering Salford on to some some good victories hopefully yeah um final bit of news uh the um college team are starting pre-season uh you know the They've got some talented youngsters, aren't they, in, in that squad? And you kind of, you know, open Danny Barton can can sort of mould him into a into a, a team that's going to sort of push, uh, you know, to the top top half of the table uh, next season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They've got some real talent there, and you know, Danny's quite a quite an astute coach now, isn't he? He's been doing that for for a while, and um, you know, he's just been a spot the, the talent there, and you know, good luck to him, doing a great job, good guy as well, and. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing those those guys back in, you know, next season. So best of luck in the preseason. I hope they all come coming fit and strong, and we're we're doing some good stuff again next season. Yep. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast, Paul. Been a been a great show. Yeah, and really enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, good to speak to you again. And uh, I don't think we're going to be playing this weekend. By the looks of things, we were, we were saying that before, weren't we? It's Thursday tomorrow, isn't it? So we've, uh, we're on standby, aren't we? But uh, be Cattle and Dragons next Friday in the cup for us. So we're uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, obviously a week off. Probably Ian Watson didn't want it really, but it's just the way it's fell. Um, do Catalan play this week? Yeah, I think they play Wakefield. Yeah, look, I had the fixtures out before. So let's yeah, have a look. I'm Talk sure they play yourselves. this week. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we're off guard. Yeah, Talk we? amongst no. yourselves while we have a look. Catalan play, they don't play Wakefield. Oh, hang on, no. uh, they play Wigan, sorry. Yeah, they play Wigan at home oh, right. on Saturday. Yeah, it's a, it's the first game, I should remember that. It's the first game back in uh, in Perpignan. I think they can actually have a crowd there as well of about 5,000, can't they, in the south of France. So uh, I'm not sure whether that game's on telly, but yeah, Catalans play uh, Wigan Warriors this, this Saturday tea time. Do you think it's fair that, that Catalan are able to play at home and no one else can? Uh, there's a, a good question. Um, I, I'm not sure what the rules are in France now. I mean, obviously, they're a bit more progressed than us, aren't they? If they can have crowds back there. 
Um, if you say fair, no, it's probably not, is it really? You know, everyone else is playing at, at neutral grounds, but you know, Leeds have played a few home games, haven't they? Because the matches have been uh, played at Edinley, and we've had some at Warrington, haven't we, as well, and some at St. Helens. I don't know where the Saints have, have played. I don't know. I can't remember who's played where now, but it's probably not. But it's one of those seasons where it's probably not going to be fair, really, is it? When it's getting judged off this percentage, and it's a bit up and down, really. So, so I don't know really what I think of that one. Um, I don't know. I'll leave that one for you to decide. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's it's important because obviously, Catalan Dragons, like every rugby league side, it's important that that they have money coming in, and if the, if they have done a risk assessment and they think that you know they can house three thousand fans all COVID safe, uh, why not? But they are in France and. We, we we aren't in the same position as them. So no, it's it'll be interesting to see country, yeah. what happens right. after that that game. It might kind of because I'm sure the RFL have a little eye on that because they they want to know how how the rate goes up or down in France after the game, don't they? Won't they? Especially in that area. So I think they'll have a, a cheeky eye on it to see to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how the testing goes on in the south of France and in, in Perpignan. So it could be totally, this is a totally different country to here, isn't it? There might be different ways of doing things and different laws over there. So no, just got good luck to them. I hope they, you know, they all stay safe. They get a good crowd for the match. It's a, it's a cracking game. Tough place to go, Rob, and it'd be a tough game for Wigan. Um, what I've seen in them recently, I mean, they got battered off OKR last week and looked very, very average. So it's um, going to be a good one. But for us in that cup game. Real tough game against Catalan. You know, it's at the Sailor Stadium, isn't it? So it's at a neutral venue. But from what I've seen in Catalan last few weeks, they've, they've looked pretty good. So that's going to be a really hard game. That, but we've got the players to cause them problems. So it should be an excellent game. Yeah, uh, a fair. I think he's called Quim Tora. No, that might be the the, the president of Catalan. Club chairman is Bernard Gushash. Gush. The thing is, oh, he's the he's the guy that, that's keeping the. The, the team going in it, so he he needs sort of help, doesn't he? Because he'll 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 he can only sort of fund Catalan himself for so long. So I think he'll he's probably sort of happy that he, that they're in that situation that they've got the opportunity to play Wigan in Perpignan in front of a maximum crowd, which they can have. Yeah, he's he's a good guy that Bernard Guash. I've, I've I've listened to him quite a few times the Catalan owner and his uh, when he's been interviewed and I've read things that he said. He, he's a real passionate guy, isn't he? As well, puts a lot of money in and I think he's like a, he owns like a meat business or something like that, don't he? He's a, he's a good guy, though, a good rugby league guy. And you know, I, I hope it works out for him this week. I hope it goes off with, without a hitch and uh, yeah, they, and they and they and they get a good uh, good result. I'm not saying I want them to to beat Wigan, but you know, I hope it's a good game and whoever wins wins. But it's um it's it's a real hotbed of the game over there. They've not had any, anything over there for a while, have they? I think it was the last home game they played was probably against us. I think wasn't it before the lockdown? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, the tough side to beat there. But yeah, I, I hope they get a good crowd and uh, it's a positive positive day for them. And we're going to run the legs off them so they're knackered a week after. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the the good scenario would be. Golden point game, really, wouldn't it? Take it all the way, take it to golden point, extra time, tire them all out, and then, yeah, we'll batter them the Friday after. 
Yep, so we're all Wigan supporters uh, this week. Uh, so yeah, big thanks for tuning this week's uh, Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Ha, 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 ha.